to That Marriage Podcast. In this episode, we are continuing with conflict resolution. Last time we talked about how to resolve conflict and not being passive or aggressive in resolving conflict, but owning your part of the conflict and how to apologize. So today we're going to continue. Yeah. Um, so just just for um, information's sake, um, a lot of the stuff that, that we're, we're just sharing with you are things that um, we've learned and we've read and uh, either in classes or just passive reading. Uh, but two books that we highly recommend, uh, Peacemakers uh, and Resolving Everyday Conflict. We'll add that to our show notes so that way you can uh, get a hold of that. Um, uh, that way you can just, you know, just go deeper uh, because we definitely cannot cover everything we can on conflict resolution in just half hour. Um, but we're just going right through to, to this uh, third section, uh, third G. Uh, so, so just kind of recap uh, four G's of uh, peacemaking. We have to go higher. We need to get real with ourselves. And then when we get real with ourselves, then we can gently engage. And this is so important because we need, if we're going to enter into this stage and process of conflict resolution and bringing peace into your household and into your marriage, you need to know, first of all, is this what God wants me to do? Does God want me to engage in this? Or do I just need to overlook and move on. Um, and maybe some of you were thinking about it uh, last episode and you're kind of saying, well, you know, overlooking, that doesn't sound very conflict resolution-y. But let's just be honest. Isn't that what God does with us every single time we come to him and saying, please forgive us of our sins? God overlooks the sins. Uh, so maybe the conflict requires for you to overlook and engage in the grace that God engages with us as well. Uh, but then after that, we need to get real with our sins. What, how did I contribute to this problem? And one of the quotes that Jessica read, which is amazing. And I still thinking about it is if I am only responsible for 2% of the problem, I am 100% responsible for the 2%. Uh, and that really is just owning up to a lot of the things so when we're about to engage gently, the whole purpose is that we're trying to help others own their part in a conflict. So if this situation has moved beyond the overlooking stage and you have already faced your own shortcomings, then now you can come to your spouse. So the illustration we're using was uh, the dishes. So the dishes weren't done. Well, am I going to fight over the dishes or is there something deeper that I can probably come to Jessica and address? And, uh, Jessica pointed out in the previous episode, awesome. In, in such a good way, maybe the problem wasn't the, the dishes. Maybe it was your arrangement in the chores. How do you divided the duties and roles in your household? So I'm gonna come to Jessica and be like, Hey, Jessica, um, I think we just need to kind of readdress the way that we divided our our chores. And uh, what what better way can we do it? Is there something I can do better? Uh, is there a way that I can help you uh, 
you know, or what can we do? Can we reassess this? And some point in this conversation, for me, I would want her to get to the point where she says, you know what? I think I could have done better at this. You know, I could have done better at this, but you know what? I think I need help fulfilling this or, or however it may be. And in this stage, similar to the last two stages, it needs to be infused with grace. Like you need to be so graceful. Galatians 6, 1 says, uh, Paul says, if someone is caught in sin, if someone has been, you know, someone fell, someone did awful, you need, you who are in the spirit, you need to restore this person gently. You need to do whatever you can to not break this person down even further. Um, but now I know that some of you are thinking about this and saying, you know what? Well, Jesus said you can't judge because if not, you'll be judged too. What do you think about that, Jess? Oh, I can't judge you, Jessica, because not, if not, you're going to judge me. You're going to call me out on all the other stuff that I do wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he's... Uh, his story is amazing and tragic all in one breath. This was a pastor during uh, the Second World War. One of the pastors that stood up and spoke aggressively against Hitler. Um, this man, he died, I, I believe, like almost a week before the Allied forces came to the concentration camp he was in. Uh, just It, it was just so... Uh, it's beautiful yet horrifying all at the same time. But he, this is what he said. He said, nothing is is so cruel as the tenderness that co-signs another to his sin. Nothing can be more compassionate than to sever, uh, to severely rebuke your brother and bring them back from the path of sin. And when I, when I read that, uh, it sounds so harsh, but it is so true. If I see someone doing something wrong, if I see someone that is constantly doing something to harm themselves, and obviously the dishes don't fall in this category, but if I continually see that Jessica is um, doing something that's harmful for herself, it's time for me to come to her and engage and, and say, hey, Jessica, look, this act, this behavior is hurting you. You need to stop this. It's It's you know, at that point, I have already dealt with my baggage on this. You know, I've already prayed up, sent it up to, to God and, hey, God, and I'm like, how can I resolve with this and handle this process? But then I come to Jessica, hey, Jess, this is not good for you. We need to address this. And so when you want to respond with grace, when someone has something against you, when you wronged them, God wants you to take the first step in seeking peace. Even if you don't think that you've done anything wrong. And there's there's reasons for that. One, Jesus said so. Like <laughs> Blanket answer for everything, Jesus said so. Two, it's the loving way of addressing conflict. Even if you don't think you've done anything wrong, it's easier to have a conversation when you create a level, a level playing field. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't think I've done something wrong, 
I don't know if I want to reveal myself this way. Uh oh. Even <laughs> even if I don't think I've done something wrong, sometimes I'll go to Joe and apologize because I want him to apologize for something too. <laughs> uh oh. Um. You heard it here first. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> probably the first time I've said that out loud. But interesting. Yeah, and because. It brings great personal benefit. It does. It actually does. Because it it opens the it opens the conversation. It disarms me. I'll be honest. It not just me. Anyone. I, I I come to you. Hey Jessica. I'm sorry. Like, dang. Yeah. I'm sorry. I did this too. Yeah. It kind <laughs> of it kind of creates a neutral zone. Maybe Joe has been feeling that he hasn't been pulling his weight with the dishes. But hasn't want to bring it up because he doesn't want to deal with the conflict because he thinks I've, I'm really upset about it. But if I say I'm sorry that I haven't been holding up my end of something, that kind of creates a path for him to be able to speak about how he's been feeling. But what if I'm the one that wronged you? <laughs> uh oh you need to resolve that conflict or if a conflict is hurting others back to the the conversation we were having earlier about having to apologize to any as far as your offense reached if someone else is getting hurt by proxy like our child or someone else we we need to discuss that mm-hmm. Or even if it's hurting the offender. I mean, if if Joe is hurting me, but also hurting himself, that needs to be a discussion. I might be willing to overlook it. I might be willing to overlook my own hurt. But if I see how much that's damaging him, we need we need to sit down and have a discussion about that. Or if it's dishonoring God. Mm-mm. I mean say we weren't uh, a pastoral couple or say we weren't baptized we both weren't baptized if joe was a pastor and i was not i was not a baptized member and i see him drinking at home i might not hold that conviction but if i see him dishonoring god in a way that i know that he's committed to honor god that's something to talk about i mean because that's also hurting joe yeah and and a lot of those things will overlap yeah uh i I know that we're we're gonna talk about this at some point um but the first thing first example that came to mind on this was um overworking like not being balanced in my life like as a pastor if i'm not being balanced and obviously it's gonna hurt you it's gonna hurt lena um but it definitely hurts me too uh, so those those are you know, and it hurts God. And it, it hurts God. God, yeah, exactly. God wants you to have a balanced life. Absolutely. Um, and when when you begin to engage in this manner, you there there's something there's something about this this peacemaking that it brings you together. 
and and that's that that fourth G get together. And when you're getting together with someone else, you're you're providing forgiveness and you're arriving at this reasonable solution. And I always try to tell this to all my church members and, and whenever I'm in a committee, I always try to let everyone know, look, there's never a perfect solution. If there was a perfect solution, there will never be a problem. But we can get at a good and reasonable solution. And yeah, maybe there's going to be some compromise. Maybe there's things are just not going to be perfect. But it could be something that we can agree with, that we can all live with. And when you're forgiving, when you're giving forgiveness and, and you're just opening up, it it brings a possibility to heal this relationship in such a way that it brings you closer. You know, obviously we'll, uh, we'll talk about what forgiveness is and isn't, but you bring this, the, the, the healing process, it makes us stronger. It, it, you come together. And as Christians, we can't afford to overlook the direct relationship between God's forgiveness towards us as individuals and our giving of forgiveness. We need to recognize and, and know that if we, if we are Christians, man, God has forgiven me. He sent his son to die on a cross. He died for my mistakes. I should be able to forgive. I should Absolutely. be able to, 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 to pass that forward, if anything. Um, you know, as Christians, if we really hold to the Christian faith, then we are the most forgiven people in the whole world. If, if we believe our faith the way it is, we are the most forgiven people in the whole entire world. Therefore, we should be the most forgiving people in the world. If, if Jesus' sacrifice on the cross gained me heaven, why can I not do the same and provide a piece of heaven to someone here on earth? Exactly. And forgiveness is not a feeling. It is an act of will. Yeah. God doesn't just feel like forgiving us. He wants to and he does. And forgiveness is not just forgetting. Uh-oh. Isaiah 43, 25 says, He remembers your sins no more. And that's not to teach us that God can't remember. <laughs> it's that God forgives and he doesn't bring it back. And that, that's it. It's not brought back up to harp on us about it all the time. And we should forgive the same way. We can't. Yeah. <laughs> I heard a preacher once say that uh, it's like God throws it out into the sea and then puts a sign, no fishing allowed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we mentioned that earlier, too. You can't just say you're sorry or... Forget, say you forgive someone and then bring it back up. Yeah. If, if you're choosing to forgive someone, you can't, you can't keep going back to it. 
Mm-hmm. You can't keep expecting someone to apologize for the same things that you've already forgiven. But you're also not excusing behaviors Uh-oh. when you forgive. When you forgive, you're, you're actually pointing out that something was wrong. Yeah. If, you, if there was nothing to forgive, then you don't need to give forgiveness. But by giving forgiveness... You're saying, this was wrong, it wasn't okay, but I'm making the active choice to give grace, just like God does with us. I mean, God doesn't say, well, it was okay that you killed that guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what's going on. It's just God saying, yeah. You did that and that was wrong, but I am giving you grace because that's the choice that I'm making. Yeah. And now that's what forgiveness is not. But when you look at what forgiveness really is, it's going with it's definitely not a feeling, but it's a radical crazy idea that I'm not going to hold this against you like I am letting go of of the offense I know other toddler parents are triggered right now by let go but we'll get past it yeah but it's costly forgiveness is not free it's not cheap it costs a whole lot. A quote uh, a quote that I read it says, Unforgiveness is a poison that we drink, hoping that others will die. Like, that's how costly it is. One, to forgive, but also to not forgive. Yeah. It's going to cost no matter what. And choosing not to do something which would be the the escape response is going to cost you but then to not forgive someone is it's gonna kill you it's literally going to make you implode Mm -hmm. um and we can demand all the repayments all the restitution that we want but if we're not forgiving we're still drinking that poison we're still killing ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, just because I got what I thought I deserved, if I don't let go of that burden, it's going to kill me. And this is where we're now, at least in the Christian mindset, it's, it's amazing because we can't pay that forgiveness. Because obviously, if, if, if to forgive someone is going to cost, so if it costs something, that means that someone has to make a payment. And if I'm going to forgive Jessica, that means I'm going to pay up what she owes me, or I'm going to let go of that debt. And that's going to cost me. But we already are at a deficit. This is where, like, Jesus, this is where Jesus is so amazing. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he made those payments already readily available. You see, Jesus' grace is enough 
to forgive me, but to forgive Jessica. And that's payment enough so that I can find some sort of peace. Now, obviously, this is not to... We're never... Forgiveness does not remove any natural consequence, if that makes sense. Yeah, so... And I think this is what Joe is trying to to get to is such as a domestic violence yeah. situation. If you are in that situation, one, reach out. We will we will do whatever we can to get you the resources that you need Absolutely. to get out of that situation. You can still forgive that person because God has put it on your heart to forgive that person. And Jesus extended that grace. But God will show the grace to that person and you don't need to pay the sacrifice. Jesus yeah. did that. Absolutely. You don't need you don't need to stand by and say, "Well, well God wants me to forgive them." Forgiveness and Standing in harm's way are not the same. We'll we'll do a, a an entirely different episode. Absolutely. On, oh yeah. On yeah. that, but we don't want this to be confused. That forgiveness and it, it's basically what we said earlier is it's it's not excusing the action. No, no, no. Forgiveness You're not is, is not excusing or condoning someone's hurtful actions or talk or anything like that it's i mean sometimes forgiveness is selfish it's just so that you can feel peace in your heart i'm forgiving joe because i need the peace <laughs> of forgiving him because i mean sometimes not forgiving someone and letting it go is like letting someone live rent free in your head mm. rent is expensive y'all yes it is don't yes. let anyone live rent free in your head. There's a lot of valuable things there. You don't need to be letting someone take up space that they don't deserve. Mm -hmm. So anyway. No, no, that, that was great. No, it's so true. Uh, forgiveness is such a tricky, such a tricky thing to deal with. Uh, because you, you went with um, domestic assault. I was actually trying to figure out how not to go into... Um, a pedophile case you know that's probably one of the more extreme examples but you the person could be forgiven but there are natural consequences that they're gonna have to deal with absolutely um uh, natural consequence you can't live close to schools at least within our denomination you need to disclose that you are a child molester and there will be chaperones that will shadow you wherever you go you cannot be a leader obviously uh, you can still participate just there are restrictions now why not because we're not forgiving it's not because we're not giving grace it's because that's just the natural consequence of the action absolutely and 
one thing uh, when I when you come to forgiveness and you look at what forgiveness is and what it's not, the book Peacemakers brings it out so nicely. They 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 break it down into four promises that forgiveness gives. The first one is, I promise I won't dwell on this incident. I release you from me bringing it up to you and beating the life out of you with this problem. The second one is, I won't bring this incident up and use it against you to other people. Like that's, that's, this is total release now. I am now like opening it up. Another promise is, I promise I won't talk to others about this incident. And that can be a hard one. That, yeah. That can be a hard one because sometimes you you feel like you need still need to release that steam. But when you give that forgiveness... There, there should be no steam. Yeah, there's no steam. <laughs> and the last one is, I promise I won't allow this incident to stand between us or hinder our personal relationship. So if you're not ready to make those promises, you're not ready to forgive someone. Yeah. And sometimes that, that does take time. And that's, you know, what we covered in part one, if you haven't listened, is you ha- when you try to solve a conflict, you have to be ready for it to take time. To yeah. receive that forgiveness when you own up to your to your own faults. Um, now, just to kind of wrap this up um, and try to see if we can come to some some semblance of of ideas, because um, again, like I like we said in episode one, and I think I said at the beginning of this episode. Um, Man, it conflict resolution is so much. It's so broad. It's so expansive. Um, yeah, we've barely scratched the surface on yeah, this, really. Yes, uh, absolutely. I, I think we can probably do like 100 episodes on this and never even fully exhaust everything. But one thing I, I think one, one, one important thing is that while forgiveness brings reconciliation to the relationship, it does not release the person from real world consequences that's something we just need to recognize yeah i i forgave i forgave whatever whoever it was but there are natural consequences and maybe the natural consequence is that yes i release you from this burden i have let go of the hatred i've forgiven you but I can't have a close relationship with you. You know, now I have to distance myself. Well, and even to, to use our original example of the dishes, while I might forgive Joe for not doing the dishes, the reality is there are still dirty dishes that need to be done. Yes. <laughs> that's That's just the real world consequence of that commitment being broken. My, while I forgive Joe... The dishes are still going to be dirty. That's the consequence of, paper of that plates. conflict. <laughs> Buy paper plates and throw it away. That is not good for the environment. No. I don't condone that. <laughs> but all in all, there is no 
forgiveness light or forgiveness-ish. You can't just kind of forgive someone. It's either I forgive you or nothing. And the only way you can truly forgive someone is extending that grace from God. You have to fully understand the capacity of the forgiveness we've been given through Jesus on the cross and extend that overwhelming peace to someone else. I mean, there's just really no comparison. It's either you're going to fully get forgive someone with that much or or you're going to hold on to it until you're ready and you don't know what the consequences could be. Like we said, there's plenty more to say on this topic, and I'm sure we will touch on things here and there. Um, Definitely let us know if there's some if more questions that you have or if, if you want us to focus on something more specific. Let us know, and we'll definitely you know, jump on it and try to um, do the best to our ability. Absolutely. But for now, thanks for tuning in to this episode of That Marriage Podcast, and we will catch you next time.